This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, if you've been lucky, you would probably have gathered that I'm sort of uh, not looking at... I'm just looking at one miracle of healing, and that particular miracle is the one we read of in John chapter 9, of the man born blind. Um, and to introduce that, I want to show you a little video clip. for a little while longer Uh, but I think we've already had the message Uh, that was recorded I think in 1986 uh, when I was endeavouring to make a living out of videoing things Uh, and it was of the Old Trafford Youth Circle uh, who were giving a performance based on the miracles of healing in John's Gospel and this particular one was the uh, <coughs> the one recorded for us in John chapter 9 of the man uh, born blind who was anointed as we've heard in the song um, and it was a recollection of that <coughs> recording those many years ago that uh, put into my mind the idea of uh, looking at the miracle not just as a an account of a healing and it you know but look at it as a progressive drama not just a drama also a, a living parable and yet more than that it's a record of both the physical and spiritual sight being uh, reborn in the man who was born blind 
to do that uh, we have a list of prologue then uh, six scenes I'm not going to, you'll see these come up again as, as we progress and, and, the, and the final uh, epilogue so we'll go through those and we start off with the prologue I've also tried to put a sort of a time scale on this and this I've put as the taking place around the time <coughs> of the feast of tabernacles which would be around about October time so the man born blind is there begging in the street and Jesus and his disciples go past and they observe what's taking place uh, let's see the words as he passed by he saw a man blind from birth and his disciples asked him Rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind Jesus answered it was not that this man Yeah. you know we were talking at lunchtime about doing too many things at once uh, <clears throat> I'm stopped that a bit short uh, but you know the story I'll, I'll not go back through it at the moment sorry about that so Jesus and his disciples see this man and are put there with a sign <clears throat> and start discussing why did I say <clears throat> with a sign how else might they have known that he was born blind uh, so I imagine in my mind you know a bit like the scene where you would see uh, after well I, I'm thinking of in the late 40s after the end of the second world war where you would see people in the street with a bowl sitting you know wife and four kids to support and he had this sign saying born blind need help or something like that so what do they start discussing uh, first off they say uh, you know they thought that sin was the result uh, that sin was the cause of defects and people having infirmities and so on and so the disciples first question was you know what caused this man what was the sin that caused this man to be born blind and the particular problem with that was well it can't have been his own sin maybe it was his parents sin if he was born in that way but Jesus is quite emphatic in his answer and he says you know uh, neither this man nor his parents sinned and he goes on a bit more to say uh, it happened that the works of God should be made manifest in him and that's a similar sort of reflection that we get also in uh, Lazarus in the incident with Lazarus a couple of chapters later on in John when Jesus says about him uh, this illness does not lead to death it is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified in it and this again is a topic which we could spend time and discuss you know what, why should God sort of organise people to be blind, organise people to die so that his glory might be revealed but whatever the answer that was the case another connection with Lazarus, Lazarus is the expression which comes in uh, 
similar com comment comes in both accounts uh, when talking about uh, while it is day uh, for Jesus we read that are there not twelve hours in the day is it, if anyone walks in the day he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world the light of the world is also an expression which occurs <coughs> uh, earlier in John in John chapter 8 again Jesus spoke to them saying I am the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life and of course that expression we have in Psalm 119 your word is a lamp to my feet and, and to my path so we come that's the epilogue we come now to our first scene uh, and after the disciples have had this discussion uh, Jesus turns to the blind man as we read having said these things he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him go wash in the pool of Siloam which means sent so he went and washed and came back seeing too fast you saw two pictures there the first was originally thought to be the pool of, of Siloam the second is a newer excavation which is also well it's thought now to be the actual pool of Siloam which the Lord uh, which is the scene of this incident with the blind man as you could see there are quite a few stone steps down to the pool so some of the disciples must have guided him down and this is a pointer for us that we too can help and guide those who Jesus has called the pool of course was at the end of the conduit built by Hezekiah which enabled Jerusalem to withstand the siege as we read in uh, 2 Kings chapter 20 the rest of the deeds of Hezekiah and all his might and how he made the pool and the conduit and brought water into the city are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah We also make the point that uh, the clay was Jesus made the clay and anointed the eyes of the man born blind. And that reminds us the creation itself was God forming man of the dust of the ground. So here Jesus uses the same dust of the ground to create eyes for the man who was born blind. when he climbs back up from the pool Jesus has gone washed and came seen but he didn't see Jesus it's only later when he sees him physically and spiritually we cannot fully appreciate just how amazing it must be for somebody born blind to then 
be able to see born blind means they have no memory of what size, shape, colour, form distance are about but it's changed from something totally blank to maybe something like that and again it's very difficult to comprehend but nevertheless it must have been amazing to, for people to have this change to that person particularly to have that person change so much in their perception physical perception of what goes on and the same is true for us Jesus enables us to see and to have our sins washed away so that's thoughts and comments about our, our first scene we move on now to perhaps two days later when the former man meets his neighbours the neighbours and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying is this not the man who used to sit and beg some said it is he others said no but he is like him he kept saying I am the man so they said to him then how were your eyes opened he answered the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me go to Siloam and wash so I went and washed and received my sight they said to him where is he he said I know not sorry uh, so the neighbours are still doubtful and question him further and they ask him where is that so called miracle worker why haven't we heard about him and he doesn't try and cover that up but just says simply I don't know so a few days later uh, the neighbours arraign him before the Sanhedrin and continue who continue to ask him questions they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes so the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight and he said to them he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see some of the Pharisees said this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath but others said how can a man who is a sinner do such signs and there was a division among them so they said again to the blind man what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes he said he is a prophet So again, we see he uses minimum of words to explain what happened to him. At the start of the scene, some of the accusers are branding him as a sinner because he worked and did the cure on the Sabbath. 
we are reminded of the occasion recorded in John chapter 7 when Jesus says to similar accusers now if a child must be circumcised can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken why are you angry with me for healing the whole man on the Sabbath so there is divided opinion although it has been pointed out to them that there were grounds for condemning Jesus as a sinner for healing on the Sabbath opinion was divided for some of them said how can a sinner do such miraculous things perhaps Nicodemus was among them but our blind friend declares he is a prophet to our next scene the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them is this your son who you say was born blind how then does he now see his parents answered we know that this is our son and that he was born blind but how he now sees we do not know nor do we know who opened his eyes ask him he is of age he will speak for himself his parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So, the Jewish leaders did not believe even though the parents confirmed the fact that their son who was born blind now sees they weren't witnesses to the miracle so in a sense it was fair enough for them as it were to pass the book and say he is of age ask him you know it's him that these things happened to you do well to question him not us and we can understand that reticence we've experienced I'm afraid this isn't telling me always what's on there <laughs> apologies for that I was going to make the comment we can understand that reticence of being thrown out of the synagogue because you know even in this day and age we know amongst our brothers particularly one we know in Malta that if they defy the church who was all powerful up to about 20 years ago they could be blacklisted and have no job and one brother because of this had to leave the island but fortunately his leaving the island opened his eyes in a sense and he found the truth as a result of being released from the shackle of Rome So we now look to the occasion about a week later when he was before the Pharisees once again. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, well, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, 
and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. At the start of that, we heard them saying to the man born blind, Give God the glory. And that oath refers back to Joshua chapter 7. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel, and give praise to him, and tell me how that you have, what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered him, Truly I have sinned against the Lord, the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I did. We remember this was the time when uh, this man had caused problems to Moses. Having kept back part of the spoil they had lost to Joshua rather than Moses. And so he, he, Joshua brought him before him and said, You know, swear on an oath, give God the glory, don't withhold anything. And it was a reference back to that sort of a situation that uh, the man <coughs> was put through. They were saying, the Pharisees were saying to him, in the same way as that man confessed that man to Joseph, to Joshua. So we want you to confess what happened to you. And don't give the credit to the man who calls himself to God, the Son of God, but rather to God himself. And all the man can retort to that is, well, you know, do you want to be his disciples as well? And they retort to that, we indeed are Moses' disciples. with these words do you not think that I will accuse you to the father there is one who accuses you Moses on whom you have set your hope for if you believed Moses you would believe me for the, he wrote of me but I do not believe his right but if you do not believe his writings how will you believe my words these are recorded in, in John chapter 5 a similar kind of incident when they claimed discipleship of Moses to be their salvation And the man continues. Now that's remarkable. And we can see there is underlying sarcasm in what he has to say. And so they continue. Okay, if uh, he has cured you, 
how did he do it and again he repeats uh, in simple words what had happened to him and all they can do is bluster when he says you know do you want to be his disciples also let's go to our next scene uh, this is the second meeting of the man with Jesus Jesus heard that they had cast him out and having found him he said do you believe in the son of man he answered and who is he sir that I may believe in him Jesus said to him you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you he said Lord I believe and he worshipped him So Jesus reveals himself to him and the man says Lord I believe we are simply told that he worshipped him and must use our own imagination and insight as to what that implied and do so ourselves so to our epilogue Jesus said for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. That comment for judgment, I came into the world, reminds us of the words again in chapter 3. When Jesus, we, when we read, uh, this is the time when he's talking with Nicodemus. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment, that light came into the world, and people loved, loved darkness rather than light. So Jesus is saying to them, I haven't come into the world to condemn it, to judge it. But if it rejects me, it's self-condemning in that it rejects the light which I'm bringing into the world. So the effect of <coughs> rejecting him was indeed self-condemnation. So the spiritual theme is completed we have seen Jesus the light of the world switching on first the physical light for this man so he could see the world around him but more importantly we have seen how Jesus turned his perceptions which also and filled his heart and mind spiritually so now that he sees inwardly and outwardly and we ask ourselves perhaps a reminder for us have we let the light of the world into ourselves as did this blind man 
if we recognize our need that we have need for light and help then will we be like this man seeing and understanding what Jesus is what he fully is that he is our saviour and our help in our times of need finally just a look at the growth of faith in the man born blind first of all we read that he obeyed Jesus he was willing to be led by the disciples down into the water and have his eyes washed and that is indeed a pattern for us so from the start the man had faith in the word and actions of Jesus initially he calls him the man Jesus but later on he extends that and says he is a prophet this is the next step in his perception of who Jesus is he had heard Jesus say to the disciples that the work of God would be displayed in his life we too do the work of him who sent Jesus and shine like lights in this dark world we read of him asking the Pharisees do you wish to be his disciples this comment though full of sarcasm shows his increasing commitment to Jesus that with Jesus who can def- how can he defy those oh, with the power of Jesus he can defy those who defy Jesus then he made the comment he listens to the godly man God listens to those who do his will the man recognizes that Jesus is from God otherwise he could not have the power of God to heal his belief <clears throat> his spiritual understanding is complete when Jesus declares himself to be the son of man he recognizes him as the messiah so with this might say his 2020 inward and outward vision our former blind man now knows that Jesus is indeed the one to be worshipped so may we all too with full understanding worship our saviour and pray for his healing we pray too that he will come soon and be our king as we spoke about this morning and complete our healing and the healing of the world even so come Lord Jesus We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.